What's going on, guys? In this podcast, I'm going to have a little bit of fun with it. I think you guys will like this. I had some fun doing this and setting this up. I'm going to do a redraft of the 2020 draft, the first round only. Maybe if you guys want, let me know, DM me or whatever, or leave it in the reviews, the podcast reviews, if you're on Apple. Uh, if you want me to do like a two-rounder of this, I could, and I'll just pick up right after the one round here. But for today, we'll just go one round. I'm going to redraft every pick of the first round last year. Some of them may or may not have needed it because the the hit was so nice. And then in some cases, there's a team like the Minnesota Vikings where you weren't supposed to get, you know, one of the NFL's leading receivers at pick, what was it, 2022, I believe. So Justin Jefferson, unfortunately for you Vikings fans, a spoiler alert, he won't be there at 22. All right, let's get rolling and uh, let's start things off at the top of the draft with the Cincinnati Bengals. And so there was some controversy, right? A few... I don't know, a week or two ago, these guys were very angry. They didn't follow me, and they were on my page basically telling me that I'm a liar for saying that I had Justin Herbert that high. And off the, off my memory alone, I could have sworn, and I still might have, moved just – I thought I moved Justin Herbert up to number one because I did have Burrow as one, basically 1A and Herbert 1B throughout most of the process. And then later, I could have swore I moved Herbert up. I can't find proof of that, but I did have Herbert as my number three overall player. But if you're asking me today, which quarterback, because they're going to take a quarterback, obviously, and I know Bengals fans won't like this, which quarterback will they take, Herbert or Burrow, if it were my decision right now, if we could go back in time, if I was the new GM of the Cincinnati Bengals with the ability, the magic, so to speak, to go back in time and and change my selection, I would do so, and I would take Justin Herbert. Okay, so Burrow, nothing wrong with how he played. But we just watched Justin Herbert flat out have one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen. You know, I mean, he broke the rookie touchdown pass record. And I know some people are like, well, we had a lot of attempts. Dude, the guy played phenomenal football as a rookie. And he did so with an absolutely awful offensive line. Let me ask you a question, guys. How many times have you heard, well, Burrow didn't have any offensive line? And then how many times did you hear that about Herbert? Because if you look up just pressure rate, at least as it pertains to the website Pro Football Reference, I believe, for most of the season at least, I haven't checked it in a while, maybe I didn't check it in the last week, but for most of the season, Herbert was under more pressure in terms of like pressure per drop back or whatever. So just take that for what you will. My point is, we never heard that as it pertains to Herbert because he was just dominating, right? Burrow had some struggles, and I'm not saying Burrow's no good because of it, I'm just saying I would choose Herbert knowing what we know now. And if I had more balls about me back then, I would have had Herbert as my quarterback one unequivocally because that's how I actually felt. I just maybe I was I gave into the peer pressure or whatever. Lesson learned this year, Lawrence is not my QB one, and I'm not going to give in because that's how I genuinely feel. So I, I learned that lesson from Herbert because as much as I think I moved him ahead of Burrow, because maybe it was just planted in my subconscious that way, I can't find any receipts of it. So um anyway. Redraft now, I'm going Herbert Overborough. Number two, the Washington Redskins at the time. We can call them the football team if that makes you more comfortable. They will take no Chase Young, guys. I'm sorry. I am, in this case, taking Joe Burrow. And the, the I mean, the point remains, I said last year, if I were Washington, I would have taken Justin Herbert at two. And as great as Chase Young is, and I know he just won Rookie of the Year, we're all super excited about him, and especially what he makes that defense in its entirety is incredible, right? So a phenomenal way to build a team. It's a sustainable way to win. But guess what? 
The quarterback position is just more valuable. And now you're sitting there, Washington, you're at pick 19. You're hoping to God you can maybe get up there and get one of these top quarterbacks of this draft, but you you wouldn't be in this position if you just would have taken Herbert last year. And I bet you if Washington football team fans could have that back, they'd probably do this. So we're going Joe Burrow at two. All right, number three is the Detroit Lions. They are not going to be taking Jeff Okuda now. I would not have, to be fair, I would not have taken Jeff Okuda last year at this spot. I just, CJ Henderson was my cornerback one. I felt like he was the best cornerback in the draft. I still do feel that way, to be honest. But in this case, we're not going cornerback at all. We're going to easily make an easy decision here, and then we're going to take Chase Young. All right, number four in this draft is the New York football giants we are going to not take andrew thomas this time as much as i liked him pre-draft i believe he's my ot1 we're going to take tristan worse because flat out tristan worse was the best offensive tackle from this draft class and it's a great draft class you could make an argument for beckton you could make an argument for jedrick wills you could make an argument for any one of those guys but i personally just think that worse was a little bit better than the rest of those guys as great as they were so we'll go worse here all right, the Miami Dolphins are fifth, and they are going. They went to a Tagovailoa, and as much as you guys might think I hate Tua, I'm going to go Tua again. And the reason being is because look, I want to see what we have in Tua. We didn't necessarily get to see that last year, right? I mean, we did. We. I'm not. I'm not ready to stick a fork in him and say he's done. Okay, my pre-draft grade on him last year was that of a first-round quarterback. So we're going to stick with it. You know, I mean, I could have maybe tried to get him at my later selection here because the Dolphins have multiple first round picks. I could have probably done that. You could make an argument that would be a better move to do. But hey, we don't know if he's going to be there. Somebody else might want to take a shot at it. Like what if he got to the 49ers who pick 14th? I mean, I'm taking him because just for the simple fact that with Kyle Shanahan, I think two would be a a serviceable starting quarterback, a good starting quarterback, and a value at pick 14. So in this case with Miami, we're going to roll with Tua one more time because guess what? If it doesn't work out next year, we've got, a, we've got uh, I believe, multiple first-round picks. We'll, we'll make something happen. We'll get up there and, and get a new guy. But we want to give him a shot. All right, number six, the Los Angeles Chargers. Unfortunately for them, there is no Tua, there is no Burrow, and there is no Herbert on the board here. And uh, I'm sure Chargers fans are perfectly happy with the way the draft actually turned out. But there is some good news. Makai Becton's available, and that's who you're taking. So you want a left tackle of the future. And, you know, that's that's your guy. I mean, he to me, if I had to rank them after their rookie seasons in terms of tackles, it would in the top three, it would be um Werfs, Becton, and then Wills. And very close, you know, you could really move that around any which way you want. But for my personal, you know, what I'm gonna say right away, and I missed on Becton too, guys. Don't don't I'm not going to ever try and escape a, a miss. I will always hold myself accountable because I don't believe that it's fair that people just remember good things or that you just remind people of good things that you hit on drafts. I missed on Beckton. I wasn't, it's not necessarily that I was wrong about him. Everything I was saying about him was factual from the standpoint of we just don't have enough tape on him as a true pass protector at the college ranks. But I was, quote unquote, I used this expression when I was talking about Beckton. I was willing to be wrong on Beckton because I felt the risk was massive in terms of where you had to draft him. Um, it turns out it was a fine, you know, it, there was no real risk there because he turned out to be a really good player. So Beckton goes to the Chargers at six. Number seven is my Carolina Panthers. They took Derek Brown at this spot last year. And guess what? We're going to take Derek Brown again. I just feel like he is you know, a really good football player. And I think he was worthy of selection. I think he played really well. He showed some dominant flashes at times. 
I had him as my DT2 last year before the draft behind Javon Kinlaw. I'm not going to necessarily change. I'll, I mean, say I would change that at this point, but it's hard to argue with the dominant flashes that Derek Brown showed. Now, I still really like Kinlaw a lot, as you'll see shortly, but Derek Brown now goes at seven to the Panthers, just like he did in real life. All right, number eight, the Arizona Cardinals on the clock. They will take wide receiver Justin Jefferson. That's right. I missed. I airballed my Justin Jefferson uh, pre-draft analysis. I didn't see anything like what he, what we saw last year in Minnesota on his LSU tape. But the fact that I didn't see it is that doesn't make me right. That means I was wrong in my evaluation. There is no well. These people like to use the the excuse of Justin Herbert. Well, he didn't look like this last year at Oregon. Bullshit. He did. Okay, you missed. You didn't see it. Same here with Justin Jefferson. I did not see the dynamic player that he is and has been, and therefore I missed. Okay, so Cardinals go Justin Jefferson. And think about that, guys. Now that Cardinals receiving core, DeAndre Hopkins on the outside, Christian Kirk, Justin Jefferson, um, who they uh, they signed the AJ Green now. Like they're loaded at the receiving core, and I don't care. I'm taking Justin Jefferson because I think he's the best player available. Um, number nine, Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. They're going to take offensive tackle Jedrick Wills here. Yes, they went CJ Henderson last year, and I don't think CJ Henderson's a bad choice. But when you look at what Jedrick Wills did, he dominated as a rookie um, from the offensive tackle from the left tackle position, one of the most uh, valuable positions there is. You can't miss on this guy at nine. I think that's tremendous value. All right, number 10, the Cleveland Browns are going to take defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw. So Jedrick Wills is who they took last year. He is obviously not on the board because he went one pick ahead of them. They'll take Javon Kinlaw here, and they'll get the dominating three technique that they probably really need. All right, number 11 on the clock now is the New York Football Jets. So, of course, they took Makai Becton. Becton is not here because he went a few picks ago. They're going to take wide receiver cd lamb so in this position i know you guys like denzel mims especially jets fans because there's promise there and i get it but cd lamb is a much better player in my opinion it's not like you know massive necessarily but it's big enough for me to justify taking him at 11 and maybe i'll still take denzel mims in round two if there was a round two or if there is a round two eventually all right number 12 the las vegas raiders are on the clock they will take at this spot last year they took henry ruggs i think we can all agree and i really liked henry ruggs last year and i still like him now i'm definitely not ready to throw in the towel definitely not ready to throw in the towel on ruggs make that perfectly clear but you know what there was a better receiver on the board if you want a receiver take the kid from clemson t higgins and call it a day higgins was awesome last year in cincinnati i think he would be a much more pro ready obviously, version of, of uh, wide receiver one that the Raiders needed. I thought they should have taken C.D. Lamb at this spot last year, but in this mock, he's not available. So we are going to grow with uh, T. Higgins. Number 13, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we know the Buccaneers at this spot in the real draft took Tristan Wirfs, and that was obviously a gigantic home run. If You know, they, there was this like transaction of the year award. I could have either I could have given that to signing Tom Brady, but I also could have given that to them drafting Tristan Wirfs, moving up one spot and drafting him, I believe, at, at 13. So um, in this case, we are going to roll with Jeremy Chin. Okay. Wirfs not available. Obviously, we're going to roll with Jeremy Chin because he was one of the very best defensive players in the NFL, honestly, but he was definitely among I thought he should have won rookie of the year, to be perfectly honest. As great as Chase Young was, I thought Jeremy Chin was more impactful in terms of like actually 
impacting wins, losses, right? He literally carried the Panthers in some games as a defensive player, you know, as a kind of a safety linebacker hybrid. So I think in Tampa with that kind of exotic Todd Bowles defense, I would love to see Jeremy Chin there, but I would not also at the same time, because I am a Panther fan and we will gladly keep Jeremy Chin for the remainder of his career. All right. Number 14, the San Francisco 49ers on the clock. And yes, I know the original draft position for San Francisco was 13 and, and Tampa was 14, but in this case, we are going to just uh, let it ride with the draft positions post trade because it, I don't feel like looking up all that stuff in the uh, in the meantime. But we'll go C.J. Henderson here for the Niners. They took Javon Kinlaw, who is no longer on the board in this mock, and we're going to take C.J. Henderson here because he's the best corner on the board. And you could say, well, he's not the best fit in that deep. Yeah, he can do it. And again, he provides you more flexibility. You can ask C.J. Henderson to just lock down the opposing team's number one receiver. He can do that, and the rest of the team can play that zone if you want to have it like that. But in my opinion, best player on the board, C.J. Henderson, so we're going that route for the Niners. Number 15, the Denver Broncos on the clock. They will take another cornerback, and no, it is not Jeff Okuda. It is Jalen Johnson, okay? That last year, Jalen Johnson's a cornerback from Utah. If you guys don't remember, he played for the Bears this year. Had a very, very good rookie season. And in my, I thought he was a first-round quality player last year before the draft. And now in this redraft, he most definitely is. He was a true starter for them, and he played really, really well. He had some dominant games last year as a rookie in that Bears defense. So I think Jalen Johnson's a hell of a player. And imagine the Bears' pass rush wasn't even that good. Right. So this kid came out there and just dominated. And, um, you know, I mean, why do you think they cut Kyle Fuller? Right. They, they know that they've got a stud in Jalen Johnson and they obviously need the money. But anyways, in this case, the Broncos will take Jalen Johnson instead of Jerry Judy from is, was the guy they took last year, of course. All right. 16, the Falcons on the clock, and they will take the cornerback from Ohio State, Jeff Okuda, instead of A.J. Terrell, because I do think Jeff Okuda will have a better career from here on than A.J. Terrell, and I liked him better last year as well. So we'll go with Jeff Okuda there in Atlanta. I think he's a good fit there as well. Number 17, the Cowboys on the clock. We will take Jerry Judy. So CeeDee Lamb obviously was the pick last year. He is no longer available. He should have never been available at pick 17. Oh, my goodness. And I thought the Cowboys were picking 15 last year. They picked 17, and they still got CeeDee Lamb. That's wild to me. And um, – yeah, the, this time they'll take Jerry Judy. He's a true slot receiver. So now you keep Gallup and Amari Cooper on the outside, and then you've got Jerry Judy there in the slot. That would have been nasty for those Dallas Cowboys. But they will uh, – I'm sure they would rather have had CeeDee Lamb. But, of course, we'll take Jerry Judy as a fine consolation prize. All right, number 18 is the Miami Dolphins. And last year at this spot, they took left tackle Austin Jackson from USC. <clears throat> in this case, right, we're not going to be taking Austin Jackson. I didn't think he was a first-round player last year. Um I haven't exactly studied his rookie tape, but from what I understand, I don't think he's not, he's played all that high level for them. And we'll take Noah Igbenogany. I know, I know you're thinking, well, hey, couldn't they have waited? No, this is a redraft. Somebody else was going to grab Noah if we would have waited. And now you want to keep that dominant secondary in Miami, as we saw it pay dividends immediately. You want to keep that intact. So we're going to go with Noah Igbenogany here for the Dolphins. Pick 19, the Raiders are on the clock, and they will take – not Damon Arnett. No, as as much as I actually was pleasantly surprised at times with how Arnett played as a rookie, we're not going to go that route. We're going to take offensive tackle Andrew Thomas, okay, from Georgia. I think, and I know, Andrew Thomas had a rough rookie year. I get it. But he's dropped from pick four to pick 19, first of all, okay? He was still a guy that I had as my OT1 last year. And I just strongly believe 
that Andrew Thomas will be okay. I really do. I think that, you know, when you look at all the things he has going for him is his ability to pass protect, right? His, uh, his length, his size is, is, uh, athleticism, things like that. I think that, and we did start to see to, to my credit here. I mean, to his credit here, we started to see some good play down the stretch and then he had another stinker of a game, but I do still believe in Andrew Thomas. I just think that you know, he wasn't quite as pro-ready as a lot of us thought. So the Raiders will take Andrew Thomas here at 19. Jacksonville Jaguars back on the clock at pick 20 last year at this spot. They took Caleb on Chase on, Ed Rusher from LSU. We will not be taking Chase on. I did not like him in the first round. I, I liked him, I think, second round, late one, early two, basically. But I, I wasn't very high on him. Okay, I think he had one sack as a rookie, so we're definitely not taking him here. We're going to go with the quarterback from Clemson, A.J. Terrell. I think Terrell would be a good fit in this Jaguars defense. I think that he, because we missed out on C.J. Henderson in this draft um, earlier, we will take, uh, yeah, we'll take A.J. Terrell here. I think he's the best cornerback on the board. Number 21, the Philadelphia Eagles on the clock. And no, we will not be taking Jalen Rieger, which is who they took last year in this time. We will take the wide receiver that I loved from Arizona State, Brandon Ayuk. I think that that's just a guy that's the best receiver on the board and would truly have been a number one receiver for them in his rookie season last year for the Eagles. And I think maybe even Carson Wentz would still be there if that would have happened. Who knows? 22, the Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. And unfortunately, guys, you're not getting Justin Jefferson. He went long ago. But I have a nice little consolation prize for you. Hear me out. How about a wide receiver that's big, strong, fast, and physical? How about Chase Claypool? You know, I think that Claypool was a guy that I missed on. I was willing to miss on, and I missed because I didn't see, I didn't think he was explosive enough. But obviously, that was more than just 40 speed. That was legit speed. And he was, I mean, I think the guy caught nine touchdowns this year for the Steelers. So um, in this offense for the Minnesota Vikings, I know you may initially not think that he's a great fit. But in my opinion, they're a run-heavy team. You give them another weapon that, like that down in the red area, which I think they still need. I think Chase Claypool's a great fit in that Vikings offense. All right, number 23, the Chargers back on the clock because they traded up, and they will grab. Nope, we're not trading up for Kenneth Murray this time. We're trading up for a quarterback. We need one. Justin Herbert wasn't there when we selected earlier in, this, in the uh, first round. We'll take Jalen Hurts, quarterback from Oklahoma, right here at 23. Number 24, the New Orleans Saints are on the clock last year at this spot. They took, they took interior offensive lineman Cesar Ruiz, who I absolutely loved pre-draft and I still like him now but that's not who we're going to take we need a receiver it's it's Drew Brees's last year it's how we're looking at it right it's his last year let's get receiver Gabriel Davis in the mix Davis was a fourth round pick last year had a phenomenal season in Buffalo for the Bills there was really a good player so the Saints are going to take Gabriel Davis it's a little bit more of a position of need Cesar Ruiz unfortunately as good as you are we're going to pass Number 25 is the San Francisco 49ers. Last year at this time, they took Brandon Ayuk. Unfortunately for them, or they traded up for Brandon Ayuk. Unfortunately for them, Brandon Ayuk is not available this time around. But guess who is? A guy that is a position of need for you and is also a very good player. Cesar Ruiz, the interior offensive lineman from Michigan. You can play him wherever you want. I think he's a great fit in this 49ers scheme, and, and uh, they need help up front on the offensive line. So this really completes their offensive line, in my opinion, considering what they were able to do after this draft last year. All right, number 26, the Green Bay Packers are on the clock. So are we going to take Jordan Love again? The answer is no. I'm not going to take Jordan Love. I wasn't a big Love fan last year as much as I do like certain things about his game. 
But we're going to take, and this is going to make Packer fans happy, wide receiver. And this is actually going to make you mad at the same time because you're going to be wondering why your team didn't do this in real life. We're going to take wide receiver from USC, Michael Pittman Jr. The dude was a stud. He had a good rookie season. I think he's going to have a big-time sophomore season in the NFL. And I think that he would have been a great fit for that Packers offense. Number 27, the Seattle Seahawks on the clock. They are going to take not Jordan Brooks. Let me give you a hint. That's who they took last year, the linebacker from Texas Tech, I believe. Um, not who we're taking this year, this time around. We're taking Antoine Winfield, okay, the safety from Minnesota. Winfield in this Seattle scheme to pair with Jamal Adams, or maybe this makes you not make the Jamal Adams trade. In any case, I think that Winfield would have been a really good addition to the Seahawks team, and he just seems like one of those guys that would have uh, really fit in nicely in Seattle, in my opinion. All right, number 28, the Baltimore Ravens on the clock. Last year, they took Patrick Queen. There's going to be no difference. We're taking Patrick Queen again this year. I think he's a really good player. I think that, yeah, he had some learning curve moments as a rookie, but who doesn't? I think he'll be all right. We're sticking with Patrick Queen. Number 29, the Tennessee Titans on the clock. And this time last year at this spot, they took big old offensive tackle from Georgia. Isaiah, or yeah, I think it was Georgia. Isaiah Wilson. Okay, 350 pounder. We were all excited about that. Comparing him with Derrick Henry, the big mauling offensive line. No, it didn't work out. The kid got has already been traded to Miami for like a swapping sevens in uh it's been, it was a disastrous rookie season for him. Hopefully he gets it together in Miami, but I'm not too optimistic about it for other reasons. So what are the Titans going to do? They're going to take Darnell Mooney, wide receiver. And I, forgive me, I don't even know what college, I can't remember what college he went to. But Darnell Mooney was a guy that I don't even think I watched last year. So he was ended up being a fifth round pick. And I guess he just happened to slip through the cracks of guys I didn't watch. But it happens. But um, look, man, I think he was a really good player. And I think in this Titans offense, a guy like him to stretch the field would be exactly what they need. And... Now, this is why you do stuff like this, right? You might say, we don't need a wide receiver. We have Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Well, you just let Corey Davis walk only one year later. So it wouldn't have been a bad move for you to draft the wide receiver at this spot. Okay, so that's why we're going to do it. And I think Darnell Mooney is going to have a monstrous second season in Chicago if they can get competency from the quarterback position there. So in Tennessee, you do have competency at the quarterback position. I think Darnell Mooney would have been a hit if the Titans would have pulled the trigger here. Number 30, the Miami Dolphins on the clock in in last year, this time, they took the cornerback, Noah Igbenogany from Auburn, who I loved, and I thought he was a first-round player. But he's not here this time because you already took him at 18. So what are you going to do this time around? We're going to take the running back from Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, a lot of Dolphins fans want a running back. They want that true bell cow back. And it's promising as, you know, your your um, your other running backs look, Salvin Ahmed and, and guys like that. It's pr and and – uh, the other kid from Washington a couple years ago. As promising as those guys looked, they're not Jonathan Taylor. Okay, so now we have a bona fide, true RB1 in Jonathan Taylor, and that's what we're rocking with for Miami. All right, number 31, the Minnesota Vikings on the clock, and they are going to take, no, it will not be Jeff Gladney. Sorry, you know, Jeff Gladney's got issues, and he may never play for, he may never play in the NFL again, let alone play for the Vikings again. But we're going to go with, and this should make you guys pleasantly surprised, Cameron Dantzler, your true third-round pick. I think he was worthy of a first-round corner. I think he played better than um, Gladney at times last year, and I think that he showed that he is a guy that's definitely got promise as an NFL player. So Cameron Dantzler is the pick here from, uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Final pick of the first round and, and final pick of this whole entire redraft for us is the Kansas City Chiefs. This pick last year, they took Clyde Edwards-Elair, running back from LSU. 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to go same position, different player. And that player is going to be Memphis running back slash wide receiver Antonio Gibson. Could you imagine Antonio Gibson and what he was able to do for the Washington football team with a pretty bad offense, you know, being the primary weapon, essentially. Could you imagine what he would have done or what he would do in Kansas City's offense with a bunch of guys around him? He would have been a, I mean, in my opinion, probably rookie of the year if he goes to Kansas City. We all thought Clyde was going to be that. Clyde was good at times. He had some real moments. I like Clyde a lot as a player. But um, I'm, I really like Antonio Gibson, and especially after what we saw from them as rookies, I think Antonio Gibson's a little bit better because we all weren't quite sure, and I very much was considering Antonio Gibson as a true first-round grade for me. I was higher on him than most. But in this case, we don't know. We didn't – I mean, last year we didn't know exactly what to expect from Antonio Gibson from the standpoint of, like, can he be a full-time running back or whatever. So that kind of pushed his draft value down just a little bit. He ends up going to the top of the third round to Washington. But in this case, in this redraft, he goes to Kansas City. Guys, that's it for this uh, redraft of the 2021st round. Let me know if you'd like to, me to do the second round. I'll just add on to this and keep it rolling. Um, and otherwise, I will see you later. Peace.